Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Friday, January 24th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia Jr., and joining me is Tim motherfucking Gettys. Tim, how you feeling today? Let's see most. How you doing, man? 2020 still sounds weird. It it feels weird to say. Yeah. You know? Feels good to be in it, though. Last right? night, last night, Kevin and I spent hours uh, working on the my theater room. Oh, yeah? And we had the, the projector set up. And let me tell you, Barrett Courtney, playing Cuphead on a Yo. freaking 120-inch projector. Oh, my God. With the film grade and everything. Fuck yeah. It was an experience, Hell man. Hell yeah, man. That sounds awesome. It that was sounds really cool. Awesome. That sounds, when are we going to do like a multiplayer? We got we, we to get everything party party. figured out there. Okay. Because, yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, like, with the, the way the screen splits, if we're playing like some four player split screen Halo 1. Oh, yeah. You know oh, I mean? my God. You, you got a big ass screen. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Because uh, the like resolution of the Switch, like, playing Mario Kart on this guy is yeah. not bad at all. That's not bad? Yeah. Because the resolution is low? Resolution yeah, sucks the resolution sucks, oh, the resolution sucks on that sucks guy, on this. but it does on the Switch, too. Gotcha. So it actually so it's not like matches. That. Okay. Yeah. So Interesting. So if you want to play... We need to have a Mario yeah. Party Party or a Mario yeah. Kart Party. Oh, Mario yeah, Party dude. Party. Mario dude. Party Party sounds awesome. It does, like it, man. 2020 Party Party. Now, did you did you hear the new anthem? Oh. Oh, the, yeah. The new Sonic anthem. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that new... Uh, I forget all the artists. Lil Yachty blessing us. Yeah. Wiz Khalifa, Wiz Khalifa coming through. Yep. And a, a dude whose name I did not recognize. Me neither. What was it? <laughs> like the end. Suave the Kid or something? Something shit? like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling about it? Uh, after one listen, I've got to be honest with you. I'm mm. not I'm not vibing with it. Really? I'm not feeling the beat. It feels a little... It just, oh, man. It doesn't feel Sonic enough. Because here's the thing, Bless. Here is the goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Remember when Ninja Turtles came out? Ne- the Michael Bay oh. Abomination Ninja oh. Turtles came okay. out? I thought, I thought you were going back... In, like, no, Nin- no. Ninja, we're not Ninja going Turtles. back to Vanilla Ice. Yeah, I thought that's what you bring it up although what a forget, hit never forget turtle go ninja power. go ninjas go, go ninja dude no oh oh yeah with turtle power was mc hammer what a, what a banging soundtrack that's all i gotta oh, say oh yeah i'm talking about the michael bay ninja turtles movie that came out that was horrible yes. right yeah the one good thing about that movie was the theme song shell shocked that was also Wiz Khalifa, and oh. that beat went hard as fuck. I vaguely remember this. And they had this. so many damn amazing lines uh, in, in, in their shit that were like Ninja Turtle referencing. I, I like the new Sonic song. I thought I've only also listened to it once, mm-hmm. but I feel like the the messy the messiness of it equates to the messiness of Sonic the Hedgehog. You know what I mean? Like no. I, Sonic the Hedgehog, we love Sonic the Hedgehog because sometimes it hurts to love Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. You know, you know, you never know what you're gonna get mm-hmm. when, they, when they announce something new Sonic. I, I mean, no, usually it's do. a bad game. You know? <laughs> usually, usually no. no. And I, bro, I'm with you, man. Dude. Yeah. I'm a Sonic. I'm a Sonic boy, of course. But hey, get my boy Charles Hamilton on this. What I'm you doing? saying, dude, what bring him doing, back. Dude. Bring him back from the dead. Speaking of bringing back things from the dead, today's stories include Knights of the Old Republic, PlayStation fans being loyal, and more. Because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free now it's time for some housekeeping our first impressions video of Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC Remind mm-hmm. is now up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Let me tell you, man, it's a great video. <laughs> it was a great video, man. It started off with some issues. Now, here's the thing. A little, mm. a little tease for you guys, right? It was Imran playing. I was there kind of hosting it. Mm-hmm. Bless was there just like taking it all in. Yeah. But chilling. the real star of the show. Was Kevin A. Oh my God. sitting back just being dumbfounded at the <laughs> things that were happening. And it was so funny. But the other thing that was special about this video mm. is for some reason with how the PlayStation 4 was connected via HDMI, blah, 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 blah. This leads to that. For some reason, the voices in the cutscenes weren't there. Yeah. So it felt just like the E3 trailers <laughs> of Kingdom Hearts that were so awkwardly made. It was just the voices that were gone? Just yeah, the voices. Just the, voice oh, gone. I, just the dialogue I, in the cutscenes, like in battle. I think like, I know what setting it was. So oh. because of that, mm. Andy Cortez uh, lent, lent his vocal um, skills oh, to, yes. to voice all of the characters. So far, know. we've had three first impressions videos. They've all been bangers. Yeah. This latest one is probably the best one. I love it, man. And so I highly, Go check it out. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Slash kind of funny games. We've got five community meetups happening in the next dozen. few weeks. A baker's dozen of community meetups happening in the next few weeks. So that's in Dallas slash, for- slash Fort Worth, Houston, NYC, DC, and Kansas City. If you want to learn more about that, 
find those communities on Twitter, Facebook, wherever those communities kind of aggregate together. If you can't find them, tweet at Joey Noel. Is mm-hmm. that her Twitter handle? Yes. At Joey Noel. Tweet at Joey Noel, and she can point you, you in the right direction. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Muhammad Muhammad. Today, we're brought to you by Manscaped, Riot Games, and Raid, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have four meaty stories today. A baker's dozen. I say meaty because there's a lot to chew on. Mm-hmm. Now, let's num- get to chewing. Number one. Knights of the Old Republic remake might be back in the cards. I'm reading from Alex Avard of Games Radar. A Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic sequel is apparently in development at EA. According to a new report from Cinelinks, the same source that accurately leaked the existence of the Obi-Wan TV show last year. Citing two separate sources it claims are close to Disney's Star Wars plans, a new take on Bioware's RPG has been greenlit by publisher Electronic Arts, one designed to, quote, integrate elements from the first two games in order to bring certain things into the new current Star Wars canon, end quote. Who just got chills? This guy. I just got chills. Holy shit, let's go. Rumors of a KOTOR remake have been swirling for years, but this report now claims this latest project is more of a sequel slash reimagining than a by-the-numbers reboot. Think the latest God of War game, and you get the idea. Given the recent success of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and all that talk of an ambitious multimedia project from Disney known as Project Luminous, it wouldn't be all too surprising to see EA revive the much-beloved Knights of the Old Republic universe back to life. It's unclear whether Bioware itself currently working on Anthem, Dragon Age 4, and a new Mass Effect game, which I actually wasn't aware of. I didn't hear anything about that new Mass Effect game, so I don't know... Uh, where this is pulled from, has much involvement with this rumored sequel, though it seems unlikely given how far the studio is already stretching itself. Either way, if the either way, if the force is with us, we'll hopefully hear more official details at this year's upcoming E3 Expo. So there's a couple things to chew on here. There is. Do you, Let's work backwards. Yeah. I don't think we'll see it at E3. It feels... That it, feels too early. It feels too early, and I don't know if it's not Bioware working on this... Who at EA is working on this? That's my Because qu- if it is Bioware working on this, I don't think there's a way we see this at E3. Because they're already working on Dragon Age, right? Yeah. So I imagine maybe the Star Wars project might be a little bit further out. Yeah. That said, if there's somebody at EA, if there's a studio at EA that is working on this, that's not Bioware, right? A Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic project being revealed at this E3 still feels soon. So here, here's the thing. EA has been in an interesting place, especially with E3 the last couple of years, doing EA Play um, and EA Play kind of being a different thing every mm-hmm. year the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Like it all started with them being part of E3, then it was them outside of E3, yeah. then it was them outside of E3 not really making announcements, just doing yeah. deep dives into games. Like last EA Play was what? It was Greg it like was hosting. Greg just and... in, doing developer interviews, yeah. right? And I feel like that's just that. Uh, a sign of where this console generation is at or was at even and like continues to be at mm-hmm. um, where the, you know you can't announce too many things because we know next gen's coming. You can't announce stuff for that yet. So it's like this weird middle ground, right? Where it's like, we're getting all the stuff out of the system, Jedi fallen order, all the things that we knew were coming. Yeah. But when are the new announcements going to come? And I feel like with next gen, the C3 could be a good time for that, but I feel more like next E3 is mm-hmm. going to be when we really start to probably see EA like, back in full form at E3. Yeah. At least in terms of, it'll still be EA play, I think. I don't think it'll be E3 proper. Yeah. It'll be EA play, but I think it'll be more of a traditional press conference. Like back to form. Where it's like, hey, we're making a lot of game announcements back to back. Yeah, I think the most we see, if we do see KOTOR at this E3, is a logo. Or like some sort of like, oh yeah, we're bringing back KOTOR and that's it. But like it's no date, nothing like that. Because I don't, I, I don't think this would be the first year of the console generation where this releases. That said, I also don't know how much I believe in the existence of this yet. Like, all this stuff sounds, I mean, compelling, and uh, they're saying that, like, this is reported from the same site that leaked the Obi-Wan TV show, so there's there's credibility there. But at the same time, that sounds like a, that sounds like a lot. Like, uh, like once again, it comes, it, for me, it comes back to who is developing this if it's not Bioware, right? And even, in, in, even if there's, this, like, a studio at EA that is available to work on a KOTOR, like, remake slash sequel... Am I excited for it? Like, when was the last time I got a, a, a single-player BDEA game that wasn't developed by Respawn that actually t- panned out super well? Let's take a walk. All right. Plus. Let's take a walk into the insane, okay? Is there any way we can make the lights green, Barrett? No. no? Okay. Xbox, my friend. Oh. Xbox. 
Here's the thing. When I think of KOTOR, the original, what do I think? Xbox. Yes. I, I It was one of the killer apps for the first Xbox. There was Halo. There was Splinter Cell. There was this. KOTOR. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Different time. Things have changed. The EA license. Why would EA not want to put it on everything? Everything to make a lot of money. The answer: a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Tim, Uncle Phil, Tim. coming in. Microsoft exclusive, Kotor. That'd be awesome. EA working with. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> um, What's the quadruple A studio that they coalition? opened up? Uh, not coalition. Oh, the uh, uh, the the goddamn it initiative. 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 Yes. yes, the Santa Monica. Yeah, interesting. Mm. I like yeah. this idea. Yeah, <laughs> I think that could be on awesome. the Gamescast predictions topic. We mm. were talking uh, about like Wolverine or like about Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. What if it's Star Wars? That'd and be cool. I, I feel like at some point there's the law of diminishing returns of too many. Too many, yeah, too many parties in being involved, and like, how does that how does that money that. get split, and like, how does all that stuff work? But an exclusive Star Wars game, one of the most beloved Star Wars games of all time, mm-hmm. being remade. The you know, if it was their like first major like entrance into the console world, Microsoft's going to want that to be something that is like a huge holy shit mm-hmm. moment. Interesting. I think another thing that you on with with this is that if this is true, right? That then means that uh, I imagine that means that the EA Star Wars agreement, mm-hmm. you know, is still going strong still despite like the first six years of it being kind of a trash fire with the first Battlefront followed by Battlefront two, and I think those being like the only two Star Wars games mm-hmm. to really come out within the besides first. Besides like, the mobile few, stuff, yeah. yeah. Besides the mobile stuff, right? Like Star Wars Should I Fall in Order is really like the first big Star Wars game since that agreement that I can think of that really hit home, mm-hmm. and so like is all forgiven. Or, like, did they settle that? Because uh, I think, like, a, a lot of the speculation was, oh, yeah, Disney is definitely going to. Yeah, but where did that speculation come from? Because it didn't mm-hmm. come from the dollar signs. I think, it, I think it came from the controversy that came with the games. And then also, yeah. like, you see, you saw with Star Wars Battlefront 2, Disney actually, like, taking a stand being like, hey, you know, stop this. <laughs> like, EA, mm-hmm. please, we're, you're, you got to remove all, remove all the microtransactions, do, do all this, right? Like, I feel like that stuff reflected so strongly yeah. on Star Wars in a negative way that I think the, I mean, of course, the speculation based on what we're seeing happening, nothing truly concrete, but I feel like based on that stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. And it, it does, it makes sense, but also Star Wars, not, you know, does not know controversy. True. It's kind of <laughs> Very true. steeped in it. So it's like, yeah. at some point, is the money there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. You know, Battlefront sold, Battlefront Two sold. So we'll see. And Jedi Fallen Order obviously is selling really well. But I, I feel like, you know, Jedi Fallen Order doesn't excuse everything, but I do think it's putting them on a better path. Yeah, it's definitely like a step in the right direction. Kotor is definitely the right path oh, to yeah. go down, right? Especially next gen. I think that could be awesome. I like this idea of it being a like God of War style reboot yeah. whatever that means have you have you played the first Kotor or the yes. first Kotor yeah, yeah yeah I mean the first one obviously is a classic the second mm. one I never beat the second one was a game that I rented from Blockbuster like three different times oh, which yeah. is the worst way to play that type of game yeah but I sure. you know didn't have the money back then to, to, to get it but um, from what I hear people don't love Kotor as two as much as one mm-hmm. but it's still a good game it's just not like as revolutionary Revered. and like killer appy mm. Kotor 2 was the only the one that one. I played because I think the first one came out when I was like a little too young, or maybe mm. I just like wasn't into like video games yet. I don't know. Because um, you weren't born yet. Yes, exactly. Koto so one exactly is- <laughs> person who is like a year older than me. Fuck hey up, man, Koto one is f- amazing. Yeah, cast of characters is fantastic. Like the ideas that that game kind of, whether or not it invented them, but mm-hmm. the way that it presented the the systems of like being good or bad in an RPG yeah. on a console mm. with a license. It's like there's so much like. Things of like it might not have been the first, but it definitely yeah. was one of the best. Yeah, that, I think that was the thing where it was like I think I tried Kotor two and I didn't know that they are RPGs, and I was like at a time where I was like ah, this does not seem like a game. What's an RPG? Um, yeah, oh, I, I, I would love to go back games. to them now and uh, try them out. I like your idea, Timmy, of this whole yeah. Xbox thing. Me too. But I don't think it's that realistic. But I me neither. I do kind of see maybe like. Kind of like what PlayStation does, like partnering with like Call of Duty and shit like that. I do maybe see it like, like seeing, a promotional, yeah, or maybe deal. like maybe even weirder would be like a timed exclusive. I don't know. Mm. I I don't know. Yeah, I like yeah. the idea. I do. I mean, I I I, re- I I like that idea because it, of the pop it would be. Yeah, and how much 
sense it makes, but how difficult it would be to make that happen. That kind of makes fall, fall apart. But the idea of Xbox being like, okay, EA has the Star Wars license. Let's approach them with one of our studios to help, whether it's co-develop it or develop it and complete, right? And then have that be an exclusive for our platform. I think, I, I think it's that gets also gets difficult with the idea that it's Star Wars and they want to sell as many copies as possible. And they probably Star Wars probably probably wants those games to be on multiple platforms. Yeah. But but I mean, look, Marvel wanted would want Spider Man to sell as many copies as possible. We, we got an exclusive Spider Man game on PlayStation. Like that's. That's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. You know? And it is different because Marvel Games doesn't have an exclusive license to to one group. Yeah. Um, like, Marvel kind of just, like, ships out their different they franchises. Kinda, they kind of pick and choose, which leads yeah. a lot of uh, credence to what Imran was kind of bringing up of, like, where's the Xbox side for, yeah. for Marvel? They're going to want to hit that market. Um, but this is very exciting stuff, and I do believe it. In my core, I, I believe that we're going to see KOTOR again. I just don't know in what form. And you reading through this article is interesting to me. Of It starts off kind of implying that there's going to be a, a new KOTOR, but then a remake of the original that kind of blends one elements of one and two. But yeah. then it kind of shifted into sounding like, oh, maybe it is just one this game is all that is a sequel. A remake reboot, slash sequel. Like thing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that God of War is not a remake. It's straight up. It's a sequel. Yeah, it's a It's, it's like a, a sequel reboot, slash reboot. Yeah, right? exactly. But like, I would, I'd love to see a kind of reboot slash remake. Yeah, I would like Not to so see much like, sequel, like but a reimagining. Like to take elements that worked from one and two, but add a lot of new surprises. Cause I feel like the surprises and like there's giant reveals in Kotor that are what make that game as memorable and special as it is. And I feel like that's something that Star Wars, especially in an RPG, especially in a narrative RPG, like you need hype moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no, I, shit that people will hold on to and when they're playing for the first time will you know, decades later on a best moments in gaming list, be talking about the yeah. game like they did about KOTOR. And I like the idea that this would be the thing that would connect the KOTOR uh, property or the like the KOTOR lore into the current Star Wars canon, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, if you get if you want to scrap the first two because they scrapped all the Star Wars stuff, like expanded Star Wars stuff out of the canon and Legends. finally... Yeah, well, is that what they're called? Star Wars Legends? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to actually, like... Find a way to be like, okay, we're we're revisiting Kotor, but we're going we're going to find a smart way to kind of connect this into what's going on in the actual universe. I think that sounds cool. Yeah. The neobiologist writes in and says, "Hi, blessing into him." According to a new rumor, Knights of the Old Republic is going to be be remade, and many other Star Wars games are in production at EA. First, have you played Kotor? Second, how would you like to see Kotor improved for current slash next gen consoles? New gameplay features? Any additions from Kotor Two or the MMO? Thanks. The nanobiologist. So I haven't played it, but you have. Yeah, I have absolutely no uh, experience with the MMO except for the mm-hmm. watching the, the, the cutscenes. The cutscenes yeah. being the coolest goddamn things I've ever seen. Yeah, one hundred percent. So like, let's get them involved for sure uh, for the cutscenes. Besides that, I, I honestly I just feel like let's see what happens with Dragon Age, right? Yeah. Like let's see what what that looks like on modern systems and with with modern gaming systems in play right mm-hmm. like gameplay systems and how can they kind of attach that to the kotor side because kotor at this point is playable on ios like it is such it's everywhere yeah. and I, I feel like you would need to almost start from scratch and just like figure out like what would a star wars rpg now look and feel like and that's where the god of war thing comes in and that those are giant shoes to fill and like it, i feel like it's semi-unfair of us to just like constantly be like oh i want to see the god of warization of x y and z Mm -hmm. but it's like also i do like that is what i want to see from this i don't just want to see a shallow remake that is just the exact same thing with a new coat of paint Mm -hmm. um give me the re2 remake give me final fantasy 7 remake from what i've played like Mm -hmm. give me something that is inspired by and taking the things that matter most from the original but like make it a brand new experience that feels fresh to people that have played it 10 times or never before yeah I just want it to be good, <laughs> like given Not the true. track record <clears throat> of like EA over the last generation, right? Like it's kind of hard to pick and choose like the great EA. Well, like, not, it's not hard to pick and choose, but I feel like they're few and far between when you think about the, the great EA games of this gen. If you if you focus in on like single player or like narrative experiences, right? Most of them are respawn games, mm-hmm. right? Like you have Jedi Fallen Order, you have Titanfall Two. I mean, not even singling in, just like look at their games in general. It's yeah. sports games, and it's respawn yeah like that's it right yeah. we had unravel the yarny game yeah and it, i mean you have like 
Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda, which you didn't do. pan out well. And then you have like Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which wasn't great. Yeah. Right. And then you have like, I mean, if you try to think back to the early in the generation, it's kind of hard for me to even think of. Like you have the EA, like the art EA games, so, like Valiant Hearts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like there are but, there are moments, there are yeah. little moments, but like we're talking about an entire generation. Yeah. That lasted and like a very they stopped doing those EA art games. Yeah. Right, which they shouldn't have, but they did. Um, well, actually, they did Unravel too. Yeah, and they did um, a way out, right? Was that EA? You're right. Yeah, they're, they're, still, they're, yeah, still, yeah. they're still doing like the cool EA but, but art it's like, stuff. But, but even a way out, I think it didn't hit the way that that hardcore gamers wanted it to. For sure, it's the hardcore gamers that looked at that and were like, "Fuck, EA is doing something really special yeah. here," and it ended up being cool. Yeah, I think a way out in some ways is still really special, but it definitely quality wise, I don't feel like lived up to what people kind of wanted from it, especially yeah. it kind of feeling uncharted in some ways like in like the cinematic experience of it but not living up in terms of quality which is Mm -hmm. a hard bar to hit but you kind of make that comparison when these games look and feel somewhat similar on that level um but i mean either way like a way i was like was a cool experience but aside from like the ea indie art stuff right like if you look at ea triple a it's kind of hard to get excited for a new game look at like the need for speeds right it's like they were such a uh cornerstone of the like two gens ago and even a little bit into the last gen but this gen it's like it, anytime you see a need for speed trailer it's like oh my god like you can smell the desperation through the the screen where you're just yes. like oh you just need to put a product out yeah. you know and like that sucks that should never be the vibe that you get from from franchises that we all once loved mm-hmm. yeah i'm with you and i i, I think hopefully dragon age is the next thing that kind of turns around or hopefully like and i don't have much hope at this point but maybe we'll see anthem turned around within the next like a year or so but maybe it's kind of it, it t- the, t- the, t- the timer is ticking yeah on that game totally so, number two over 10 percent of developers are making games for the next generation this is by rebecca valentine of gamesindustry.biz and i highly recommend people go to gamesindustry.biz uh rebecca has a few quite a few write-ups of the gdc state of the game industry survey and so they're like a real there are a lot of really cool uh, articles kind of breaking out breaking down different statistics this is one i pulled because this is one i think is the most interesting and i'm going to read through essentially the entirety of the article but i highly recommend people go to gamesindustry.biz uh, give them the clicks and check out the other articles that rebecca wrote because they're really good with next generation consoles just around the corner developers are beginning to shift their projects to the new hardware though they aren't ready to abandon the current consoles fully anytime soon GDC has conducted its annual State of the Game Industry survey of 4,000 developers. From their responses, GDC found that PC remains the most popular development platform and looks to maintain this hold comfortably as we, as we enter a new console generation. When asked what platforms their last project had lo- launched on, what their current project was being developed for, and what they plan to make their next project for, over 50% of survey developers responded PC to each question. Over 10% of developers are currently making games for next-gen, with 11% saying they were making games for the PlayStation 5, and 23% saying their next game would be on the console, and 9% actively developing for, pro- for Xbox Project Scarlet, 17% saying their, their next game would be. This currently doesn't seem to be cannibalizing the, next gen- the, ne- the last generation, at least not quickly. 25% said their current project was on the PS4, with 20% saying their next game would be. While 23% said their current project was on the Xbox One, 20% are pl- planning their next project for it. Furthermore, only 5% of those surveyed said they were targeting next-gen platforms exclusively for their next game. 34% confirmed that their current project would be released on both next-gen and current-gen platforms. As for, the place, as for the Nintendo Switch, it doesn't seem to be suffering any from these transitions. 17% of developers said their current project would be released on the console, and 19% said they were planning their next game for it. For the first time, the 2020 GDC survey included questions about developing for new streaming platforms. For now, it seems few developers are working on games specifically for the technology. Only 6% are currently making a game for Google Stadia, and only 3% are making a game for Project xCloud. Developers were also asked what platforms they were interested in developing for. Even if they weren't necessarily currently planning to develop for it, there, were, there was meaning, meaningfully more interest in PS5 over Project Scarlet, 38% versus 25%, and 37% said they were interested in the Nintendo Switch. A few interesting outliers included 5% who said they were interested in developing 
for voice uh, voice activated assistance like Alexa or Google Home. Two percent were interested in Panic's hand cranked handheld, the Playdate. Which oh, yeah. you, do you remember the Playdate? Oh yeah, yeah, that thing 2%. looks looks cool. <laughs> All right, yeah. As for VR and AR, overall interest is much higher than is reflected in those actively making games for the media. 15% of respondents said their current project was in VR, and only 7% said it was being developed for AR. But 27% said they were interested in VR, and 16% in AR. By platform, 25% are currently making games for the Oculus Rift, and 24% for the Quest, with 20% for the HTC Vive, only 10% are developing for PSVR, 8% for Valve Index, and 5% for Magic Leap 1. What is Magic Leap 1? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Did they make a VR headset? <laughs> that, oh, is that an AR headset, the Magic Leap 1? Does that have anything to do with LeapFrog? Yeah. Is, wait, is, really? it, is it the LeapFrog? Com- oh, oh. No. <laughs> damn it, Kevin. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot, a lot of numbers there. I'm looking this up. Yeah, I do. This is the one that you, that John Drake was trying to get you to to use, and you. And they forgot the password. Yeah, yeah. What does any of this seem surprising to you? Uh, I mean, surprising. I don't. I wouldn't say so. Because I feel like we're in the, the weird place right now, where it's like, okay, like there's a lot of secrets going on. Not everybody yeah. has. Not everybody that has access to. No, not everybody that wants to have access to these things does have access to these things. Mm-hmm. This is all going to change over the coming years. That's just how this works. To me, though, it's the only 3% are making a game for Project xCloud. Okay, yeah. That's something that I give me a pause for a second, too, which is interesting. It's interesting it's like, that you see more for Stadia than for xCloud. Well, more for Stadia, for sure, but also, like, xCloud, isn't that just making a game for Xbox? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like you got to develop specifically for it, though, right? Like, I, as, I, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Because they're it's saying that like the, eventually with the way that xCloud's working, like they're adding a bunch of games to the beta, but then eventually it's going to be your entire library. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe maybe people it's people are, developing for the beta then. That or maybe people are confused of like what the system actually like requires, like what the I- xCloud system actually needs. Well, I mean, three percent are making it for it. So, oh, really? So oh, I thought says, it was three percent. So hopefully, okay, okay. <laughs> hopefully they're not that confused. <laughs> yeah. This well, I'm, I'm making it for the leapfrog. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, shout out to Leapfrog, though. I think the teaching me my ABCs. The I think the mo- uh, most interesting thing for me from the story is that it seems like there's not as much turnover immediately as far as like current gen into next gen. Like a lot of development is still still going on for current gen, and it seems like developers don't feel a lot of pressure to jump into next gen. See, I think that that that's it's there's a muddled message in there where mm-hmm. it's actually it's not that it's just that the the blend between this gen and next gen is going to be more seamless than ever. Yeah. Where games being made for this gen are being made for next gen. It's just going to be, you know, some type of slider situation, patch situation. The the numbers being of like what they're exclusively working on next gen mm-hmm. kind of makes sense to me because I think that that's not going to be the the target goal for. I mean, we know it's not necessarily the target goal for Xbox. So yeah, really, these percentages are only talking about PlayStation that are going to be doing that type of, you know. Ecosystem, mm, interesting. Out the gate, at least, like a couple years down the line, that could all change. But I imagine that with the backwards compatibility, there's going to be a huge focus on the enhanced for X type situation we're seeing currently. Yeah. What do you think the enhanced for when, when you say enhanced for X? Do you mean like enhanced for Xbox Series X when that? Console well, right now out, it's or? enhanced for Xbox One X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like where it's like you can older games you can play and like there's a patch and makes it 4K. Make you know makes it run better or whatever mm-hmm. that currently exists now. Yeah, they're not going to give up on that. So I imagine that like even next gen Xbox Series X is out. There's going to be the weird. I feel at some point it's just going to be Xbox games and mm-hmm. whatever Xbox you have, it'll yeah. run at that level. I I am really curious in, in you know we're in the interesting place in the generation right now because we we just don't know how these things are going to pan out until we until we're there. But like is the is is there going to be an, an enhanced for Xbox Series X type of thing where it is like all right, now this game gets ray tracing support. And, yeah. like, like because I feel like that's way harder to do than, like, up your games, right? Like, I feel like adding ray tracing stuff, you kind of have to go in your game and I mean, tinker around. I'm not it. a scientist. But yeah. I it, harder, I don't think, matters. It's going to uh-huh. happen. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to make it happen. Like, that is going to be the value add for, yeah. for a lot of that stuff. Dude, could you imagine, like, a PS3 game? They add ray tracing. Well, dude, I mean, that, the... 
That sounds Barrett, awesome. Barrett, can you look up Minecraft ray oh, tracing? Oh, the Minecraft ray tracing videos are incredible. Like, I want to I wanna watch this with the people for a little bit. Because it's like, this is a, it's a perfect example of just like, yeah, I yeah. can imagine. Cause like, like, let's go back and like add it to literally anything. Yeah, because I can see it happening for like Red Dead Redemption 1 or even GTA 5, right? Like, that's a last gen game technically. Mm-hmm. But with that game still kicking so strong, I so, can see an RTX version of it. So we're it. looking at Minecraft right now, and uh, there's a comparison between ray tracing on and off. And it's just like, look at that. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's crazy. You know, and it's like like lighting matters so much to make it, uh, a world feel real. Yeah. So Jesus, and like reflection, like go scroll later to like where there's some water. Hey, can you explain for the people again what ray tracing is? Because I see no. comments. No, I for, can't. Because <laughs> isn't it like realistic lighting? Yeah, tracing? it's realistic lighting, shadows, and just reflection. Yeah, essentially, yeah. it's like a different way to like um or like a more advanced way to. To uh, track, track light, light. It literally ray, ray yeah. tra- trace and rays. Um, Essentially to like yeah, to go there, simulate kind of realistic lighting. So Look at this that, Minecraft water, guys. The, the way that lighting kind of disseminates uh, that looks fine. in real life. They, tr- they try to replicate it. That looks engine. fine? Yeah. I wish they had the off so you could see what it looked like in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't play Minecraft. So I don't like, yeah, Minecraft that. off. Like, RTX off water. Uh, is is not yeah it doesn't look like this <laughs> like the amount of like ridiculous upgrades you get from this now here's the thing like i was reading an interesting uh like thread on Jesus. reset era a couple days ago about art uh ray tracing mm-hmm. and is like is it going to be something that is actually a standard of next gen or is it going to be like a, a buzzword that is used a lot and yeah. then ends up being too much of a power hog to, to actually, really actually be do something it. of consequence and I don't know. It's it's very interesting to me where we're at. Of what is this going to look like? Is it going to be a bunch of toggles? Like mm. how how close is a console game going to look to a PC game? At what point? You know, mm-hmm. with like going being able to go in and turn things on or off depending on what type of experience you want. I think that PS4 Pro and Xbox One X have handled it very well uh, in their limited ways right now of having options, but not too many options. Of hey, here's a performance mode or here's resolution mode. Mm-hmm. You get to choose. Can I ask you a? A, a technology newbie Anytime. question, like your thoughts on something that might, as I'm asking, might come off as dumb, but I, I, I'm curious on your thoughts. Uh, so we're we're toward the end of this generation, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels that way. Like we've had, if if you look at console generations, like usually like what eight, seven, seven, eight years, you know, feels about right for us to like wind down this generation. Technology wise, do you feel like next gen is really needed at this point, or like should we? Like, realistically, could we have waited a few more years till this stuff became more ubiquitous? I think that starting last gen, that conversation went out the window. It's not about needed. It's about uh, wants, and it's about quality of life. You know, you guys have been playing Peace Walker um, on PlayStation 3. Mm. Busting out that PlayStation 3, what felt great at the time when you look at now, a lot of people would argue, oh, we don't need the PS4. PS3 is doing fine. Yeah. You know, at the time. But now we look at it. It's like, can you imagine not having it? I think in years when ray tracing and 4K, 60, and HDR are even more dialed in than they currently are, mm-hmm. and we look back at the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, it's going to be like, oh man, thank God we had this. You know, it's like it's little increments along the way that don't matter as they're happening. But when you look back, it's like Jesus, this is such a huge thing. Like my iPhone, do I need the iPhone 10? Do I need the OLED screen, all that stuff? No. But when I look at one of my friends having an iPhone 7 and I use it, I'm like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. this is so much better. It just happened over time slowly, so I didn't notice as it was going on. Interesting. Yeah, I think, like, you know, seeing features like ray tracing and 8K and all this stuff, that seems very forward thinking. Like, that seems like stuff that's not going to be necessarily taken advantage of within the first couple years. Like, maybe ray tracing will be. 8K is not going to be really no, taken advantage of. No, I think of. that ray tracing is going to be something that we see a lot up front. It's going to have a lot of fumbles, and then it's going to, like, dip for a bit, and yeah. then it's going to come back real strong. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's why I asked that question, because I'm like, man, it seems like we're introducing these features that we're not going to use for a while, or that are still ha- need time to kind of develop, or not even develop, but for devs and and for, for devs to really get their, their hands around, and for, like, costs of of implementing that stuff in the games kind of come down a bit. The but thing is, like, I mean, this reminds me of it was three, four years ago. I don't even remember at this point, but three years ago, probably, like, we're having all these conversations about PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One X, and it yeah. was like, do, like, do we need these? There's no way this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Well, it totally worked, and I'm extremely happy I have it because I love playing Spider-Man on my PlayStation 4 Pro. I love seeing Xbox games that are enhanced for the Xbox One X and seeing them run in 4K in a way that they don't on the other system. It's like, 
I want more of that. And it's mm-hmm. already working. Like, I believe in this vision. Like, if you stay up with the tech, it works. And I think that the ray tracing stuff is something I'm very excited about. The problem is a lot of this comes down to lowest common denominator. Like, th- this isn't just like, oh, it's a thing that they they click on and then everybody gets it. It's like, you need, back in the day, it didn't matter what HDMI cable you get. Uh-huh. It matters now. Like, if you don't get a high quality, the, the correct HDMI cable, you're not getting your... 4K HDR correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that is a hard thing to explain to general consumers that for years have been told, oh, it doesn't matter. Any HDMI cable works. Mm-hmm. Like you need one with the 18 gigabyte per second uh, throughput. And that's not hard to get. And the Xbox One X comes with it. So hopefully the next gen consoles will just come with it. So you don't even yeah. need to worry with it. But if you have that going to a receiver, it also from the receiver to the whatever it's going to, it also needs one of those HDMI. Any one thing along the way of your system, it, your receiver itself, if it doesn't support that stuff, you're going to lose out on this stuff. And I feel like so many people aren't even going to notice that. Mm. And like that is where the problems lie. Is like You need to keep this shit as simple as possible or else you get into the world of PCs. And then you're there's more Greg Millers in the world out there that... Get intimidated by graphics card and TurboTax. Yeah. No, yeah. And I'm definitely one of those people, too, where I'm like, all the things you just said, I'm like, I don't know what half those things mean. <laughs> I don't even know you had to have a different HDMI cable because yeah. I just got an Xbox One X like like last week. And so... Make sure you're using the cable that came with the system. Yeah. And I got to go and check on that because I, yeah. I think I might just switch them out. Uh, I do want to also uh, look at this Nintendo... Uh, stat that uh, Rebecca had in this article and so it says as for the Nintendo Switch it doesn't seem to be suffering any from these transitions 17% of developers said their current project would be released on the console and 19% uh, were planning their next game for it and so like I think that's also been not necessarily like a question but for me back in the back of my mind right I feel like going into the PS5 and Xbox Series X we're going to see third parties of course like leap forward in terms of technology Mm -hmm. which might make it harder to develop for the Nintendo Switch which I think there's there's that small fear in the back of your head that's like, okay, how does that affect output for third parties on the Switch when you think of like, I don't know, man, the next Assassin's Creed, even though I don't know, I don't think Assassin's Creed are coming on Switches anyway at, at this point. But when you think of next gen games that might be third party that might come out on all, all consoles, including Switch, does that stop happening? But it seems like from this stat so far, we're at where we're at now, seems like the switch is on the switch is on the uptick as far as i, I gotta imagine this is a lot of indies though like, yeah of course i don't think this is like the major third-party titles like we we gotta hit a point soon where we just look and go who cares about third-party things on on switch they're gonna happen they're not gonna be the best version of the game mm-hmm. it's for a specific group of people and it, that group of people is not the people that just get angry oh the witcher doesn't run as well as it should it's mm-hmm. like Okay, it's like, yeah, but, yeah, go play The Witcher where it should be played then. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like the, the ports coming to the Switch are just kind of like, hey, it's for the audience that's there that isn't necessarily looking for the, the greatest experience with this game. Overwatch is not going to be the best on Switch. Like mm-hmm. We just know that. Like The Switch is the system for uh, Nintendo. Nintendo games. Not even just Switch. Nintendo yeah. consoles are the game are the systems for exclusives and indies. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Anything else is just... It's there. That's on you if you buy those games. <laughs> you should know better than that by now. Of course. And I, and I think that uh, that uptick is mainly indies, right? And I think uh, I remember having a conversation either one or two PAXs ago. I think it was PAX East. I think I was at PAX East, and I was demoing quite a few games. And I think, like, all the games I demoed, because they're all indie games, all the games I, I demoed had versions coming out for the Switch. And I remember asking one developer, of like, oh, yeah, so this game's coming to Switch and PC, just Switch and PC. And they were like, Oh yeah, because that's where we're selling, right? Mm-hmm. We'll get to PS4 and Xbox Xbox later, but Switch is where our indie sell and PC, right? Those are like the, are the two platforms, and so you know, for the Switch, things it seems like things are are on the uptick, and even with this new console generation coming out, I don't necessarily see it being too much of a problem. I mean, my thing is, I think we're going to see less third party titles. Yeah. Like, and it's just like going back to what I was saying. It's like I don't think that that's really of consequence to yeah. to but gamers I, or to Nintendo. I, I'm curious on how that pans out, though, because with new consoles means like one. It's interesting because I want to say you kind of restart in numbers, but really, like since you have backwards compatibility, this generation thing, things kind of get weird. But you know, Switch has what forty thousand units out there, or not forty thousand, forty million yeah. units out there, somewhere around that, somewhere past that, and so there are a lot of Switch units where. I could see third parties easily, you know, coming to the Switch to make exclusive games for for it. I mean, we'll so. see. And exclusive games is a different story. Yeah, like that's like I want third party exclusives. I'm talking about third party ports. Okay, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. like 
like Bethesda just kind of putting all their games on Switch. And mm. it's like, all right, that's not going to be the best place to play those, man. Like, that's just not. Mm. Number three, since we like stats in this show currently, PlayStation has the highest customer brand loyalty, according to one study. This, this is from Iran, Iran Sudi of the Sixth Axis. A website called Best SEO Companies has carried out a study looking at brand loyalty across different industries, including the gaming industry. Before we get into the results, when it comes to these studies, we need to we need to know the scope and location as well as the limitations of such a study. Best SEO study survey was ans- was answered by 1,003 people across different generations. So that's not the biggest sample size going into this, but I liked uh, I think the story is interesting, so that's why I pulled it for this for this episode. <clears throat> According to the figures, there were 225 baby boomers, 300 Gen Xers, 328 millennials, and 158 Gen Zers. However, there is quite a high margin of error for each group coming in at 7%, 6%, 5%, and 8% respectively. Looking at some of the questions, it appears this study was also limited to the U.S. With that in mind, here are the results that this survey found. When it came to video games, 40.7% of responders were loyal to PlayStation, 31% to Xbox, and 30.4% to Nintendo. The survey then lumped gaming PC brands and gaming laptop brands under one umbrella, splitting them at 14.7% and 8.6% respectively. Virtual reality made a bit of a dent with 3.6% of respondents saying they had some loyalty to HTC Vive and 3.3% did to Oculus Rift. Leapfrog came in at less than 1%. Oh, wow. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. In terms of the new generation of consoles, a third of respondents want to buy the PS5, while a quarter wants the the Xbox Series X. 8% said they would buy both of the machines. When it comes to picking good, 90.3% prioritized price, with 69.2% also saying online reviews played a factor, along with 53.6% saying good word of mouth also influenced them. Brand recognition was only a big factor for 33.7%, while a company's political views and eco-friendliness accounted for 11.6% and 17.8%, respectively. Gen Zers... Is it Gen Zers or Gen Zers? I'm just going to say Zers. Uh, Why would it be Zers? I don't know, man. We're in America. I don't know, man. I don't know this Gen Z is an American term. It just just feels weird to say Gen Zers. Like It sounds like I'm saying Sears, but I'm mispronouncing it. Zers. Zers. Gen Zers were tr- twice as likely to play eco-friendly, e- rel- twice as likely to play eco-friendliness, put equal, eco-friendliness as a top pri- priority compared to other groups. Did, does that do anything for you? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the stats and stuff, not so much. PlayStation having the most loyalty doesn't surprise me in the least. Really? You know? oh, well, yeah, because they're the best-selling console right now. Yeah, it's a, yeah? I don't see it. Really? No? Stat- how, you can how lie not? about any stats. Any stat you bring up, you can just make it up and lie. Mm-hmm. Are you know, PlayStation fans, yeah. are they more loyal than anybody else? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what you're talking about. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying here? I do. Like, people, how many Vitas do you have? How many Vitas do you have? Talk about how many Vitas I have. <laughs> these, are all the video, these are all the Vitas left. In the world. In the world right oh now. Oh, my God. And they're all on the table. Is that a PSVR? Oh, oh wow. Man, wow. Controller looks There's like nice. 17.5% of people, Greg. I, I included this story because I like this question from Zabikil, who wrote in. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Zabikil. Uh, they say... Zabikil. Zabikil. Hello, okay, excellent people. <laughs> With PlayStation having the highest brand loyalty found through a survey of 1,000 people. Is that another Vita? <laughs> I'm grabbing my Vita so it doesn't get mixed up with the other. Oh, okay. What did he, what did he just throw? <laughs> Koala. <laughs> with uh, with PlayStation having the highest brand loyalty found through a survey of 1,000 people, is this really a surprise? If we base this on console sales, this would be apparent. Do you guys think this is this is an accurate representation of the gaming community? Thanks, Zabakil. I mean, yes, yeah. I do, but not because of this survey. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I just think that this it happens to tell a story that I think is that all is makes fairly sense. accurate. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think that. You know, there's an argument to be made for Nintendo always, but that's mm. just because Nintendo has that Disney magic. They have that kind of just uh, mainstream appeal that everybody likes something about Nintendo, right? Yeah. I feel like Nintendo doesn't get caught up in the console wars yeah. anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it is PlayStation versus Xbox for the people that want to play it that way. Um, and I feel like that works both as a benefit and against Nintendo in terms of loyalty. People are going to be loyal to Nintendo. 
And there's a lot of people that are going to scream very loudly for them and, you know, get really excited and, you know, Mm -hmm. for anything that they announce. Cool. Nothing makes people more loyal than acts of war. And I feel like that's why PlayStation fans are going to beat everyone out at the end of the day here Mm -hmm. because they're going to scream louder for the fact that they're winning, right? Let me put, put it this way. San Francisco 49ers making it to the Super Bowl right now. Yes. Andy Cortez has lived in San Francisco now for like four years. Mm-hmm. He's seeing San Francisco 49er jerseys for the very first time. Really? <laughs> now. All right. And it's that's just like, I, that's besides, what happens. Besides James that's, Burke. Besides James Burke. Besides James Burke. That's but that's right. what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like PlayStation being such a banger right now. It's like there's people that want to cheer. And I'm not saying they're fake fans. Of course. I'm just saying it's like when you have the, these reasons to be loyal, you're going to be loyal. Fair. And PlayStation gives a lot of great reasons. For sure. Number four, Soma and Amnesia developer Frictional Games is teasing its next title with interesting or alternate reality game. This is by Stephanie Nunnally of VG247. The next title from Frictional Games hasn't been announced, but if the studio's alternate, alternate reality game is any indication, news should be coming soon. The ARG first appeared in late December when Frictional's, quote, next game website went live. The site is empty, save for a pulsing white light on the page, which, Barry, if you're able to bring that up, I sent it to Asus. There it is. Uh, it's this pulsing white light. So if oh, you go to pulsing. Frictional uh, or nextfrictionalgame.com, this is all you see. It's like a tease. It's like a ghost sperm. Yeah. Man. Am I wrong? I mean, you're not wrong, man. <laughs> you're not wrong at all. The site is empty, save for a pulsing white light on the page. Tells us nothing, right? Not so fast. Whoa. As noticed by folks on Reset Era, at the bottom of the page, there are icons with links to various fictional social channels. One of the icons is a bit off, as it looks like a strange take on the eye of Horus. At least it does to us. Wait, that's actually pretty dope. Yeah, the one up to the far right. Oh. Yeah, and you see, you see that? So if you, if you highlight that, you can look. You can see it pops up with, that, uh, with those, with those uh, characters. Typo. What, do you, what do you think that is? Suwaf Aldevor. If you read it backwards, it's Foradelazos. <laughs> this, this might blow your mind when I say this. When you hover over the icon, the end of a YouTube link appears. That's the end of a YouTube link. Oh, yeah. dude. I got to yeah. look it up. Wait, wait. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. We're, we're making this work. Tim, Are we playing Tim. the alternate reality yeah. game live on Kind of Funny Games Daily? Or remember this. Remember okay. this. It is S U. Cap. Well, okay. well right. I need sorry, it. I need sorry, it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. A F dash A is that a L? Yes. Yeah, so we're currently we're D- currently trying to solve this mystery okay. live on air. Okay. It's this so frictional you alternate reality. Com slash boom. Yep, perfect. Nope, not perfect. Nothing? Nothing? Oh, do we miss well, you have to do like the watch thing? Or yeah, something? I'm not sure. Okay, hold on. YouTube. I'm gonna go com. I'm gonna go to a random YouTube video of yeah. ours. <laughs> It's See. kind of funny. It's been a great four years. <laughs> oh my god! What's up? <laughs> All right, we're okay, yeah. slowly but surely we're making this work, right? Yeah, because there's the watch equal sign bullshit. Yeah, and now you plug it in. Oh, video unavailable. Whoa, oh, interesting. Okay. Very interesting because okay. according to this article, when you hover over the icon, the end of the YouTube link appears. When it inserted into a YouTube URL, you are taken to a video with the description. Wait, actually, was there a description on that video? Una- video uh, video unavailable. Or was it just? Hmm. Wait. No. Something's going wrong here. I think I'm fucking up. Uh, send the send the link to assets, Tim. Yeah. Well, it's like. Okay, so it's, it's just changing the link when I add stuff. So I'm not really sure what's going on. You're taken to a video with a description, quote, video no cassette 16 slash 2 slash 83, copy from a private collection marked Shetpe. Shetpe? Shetpay. Sharpay. She's a character Sharp- from High School oh, from Musical. High School Musical. Uh, KSSR. As you can see, the video box 52 tape 16 shows nothing but a, brand, br- but a, brunch, but a bunch of large rocks. However, if you look closely at one, and unfortunately we're not able to pull this up, and so we're, we're bad detectives over here. If you look closely at one, and this is, I think this is talk about the video, you will see symbols etched on the rock. You can also hear what sounds like water in the background. There is another video oh, as well. found it. You found, found it. it? It wasn't an L. It was a capital I. <laughs> oh, okay. See, here we go. And so as I was saying, uh, let's see, so you have that. You okay? Yeah. So that's the correct description right there. Of course, Frictional Games YouTube channel, and then uh, this is dope. I love that it. I love an unlisted like video too. 
So yeah, it's a, it's just a video of some rocks, and then oh. you see that rock right there. Oh it's shit! Like, it's got some that? sort of symbol. Some sort of symbol. Oh shit! Blessing. It's the what sperm is it? ghost himself. I so, think it's the same. Is it not? No. Yeah, it's, it's that little dude. Is it? Is it it's that guy? Slightly different, I think. Yeah. Well, so it looks like an eye. It shows nothing but but a bunch of large rocks. Whoa. However, if you look closely at one, you will see symbols etched on the rock. You can also hear what sounds like water in the background. There is another video as well with the description: artifact one slash seven slash one hundred fifteen marked. Triple Crown, video unrecoverable, audio f- track fragment, reconstructed denoise. This particular video was found when looking over the website's source code. In this case, the video is blank but not devoid of sound. Creepy. ARGs can be fun, and this one is, is a little, is, is rather interesting. Hopefully more clues will be revealed soon. The Soma developer announced in 2017 it had two project, projects in the works, and we suspect this is one of them. So there's a fun, fun ARG for everybody who's interested in Soma slash uh, uh, amnesia developers. That was a that was a game. fun ride, guys. Right? It's, it's a, I, I love stuff like this. Also, have you played Amnesia? No. Shit, scary as fuck. Is it? Yeah, dude. Monsters, I played Monsters chasing you around. You have no weapons. I own Soma. I don't think I've I've even booted, booted it up though. Amnesia was one like my uh, friends from high school and I would just like stay up really late, late really? and like play it's and like spooky. try to get, get like spooky nights and shit like that. Yeah. Oh. Tim. Yeah. I am very curious on what. Frictional games next game they're teasing through this alternate reality game is, mm-hmm. but the reveal is so far so away. So far away. If I wanted to know what is coming to Mom and Grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Before I get into out today, I'm going to go through ads since we're late in the show. Of course, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by manscaped introduction support for kind of funny games daily comes from manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels it's 2020 and you know what that means new year new me new balls Men, listen up hairy bushes are so 2019 if you're if if you are going to pick any new year's resolution this year let it be to take care of your junk manscaped is making it easy with their grooming products Greg and Tim use Manscaped. I do. How do you like it? My balls are feeling good. They're looking good. Awesome. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Or actually, yeah, Greg and Tim use uh, Manscaped in two, two out of two mm-hmm. ways like that. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. My, my nuts used to be nicked all the time. I'm not talking oh, about yeah? Scarpino. I'm talking oh, about like things that's that involve in blood, and it wasn't good. But now, oh, no. this lawnmower... My lawn is mowed, guys. Oh, wow. And there's no blood involved at all. Wow. Talk about landscaping or manscaping. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just dirty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You're, you already put deodorant on, the, on your armpits. At least I hope you do. Why, why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. Start the new year off right by using the best tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Mm-hmm. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code GAMES. We're also brought to you by Riot. New year, new you, right? Well, it's also time for a change uh, for the LCS, North America's official league of legends professional league the 2020 season kicks off this saturday or yeah kicks off this saturday january 25th at 2 p.m pacific 5 p.m eastern on watch.lolesports.com and there's never been a better time to become an les lcs fan you may be wondering if i've never watched will i have any idea what's going on don't worry lcs hosts and casters will make sure you can follow all of the all of the action this will be an exciting start as the latest game update Rise of the Elements introduces permanent map and buff changes for the players to deal with. Plus, there's truly a team for anyone to root for. Maybe you want to see a classic like TSM rise again. Join Team Liquid to see if they can secure yet another championship title or lean into your darker side or lean into your darker desires with one of the newest teams, Evil Geniuses. So are you ready for some league? Good, because there's even more 
because there's even more this season to enjoy with Monday Night League joining the, the schedule. Catch the games Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific, Sundays at noon Pacific, and Monday Night League at 5.30 p.m. Pacific on watch.lolesports.com, Twitch, or YouTube. That's watch.lolesports.com, twitch.tv slash LCS, or youtube.com slash lolesports for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday Night League action. Thanks, LCS. Lastly, we're brought to you by Raid. Introducing Raid Shadow Legends. Raid is a mobile RPG done right. Not every RPG game must be cartoony or cutesy. Enough with candy rainbows, unicorns, and bright colors. Get real, raw, dark, epic, and awesome. Raid Shadow Legends will take you to the world of dark fantasy and realism. And now you can play Raid both on mobile and on your desktop. The game is cross-device so you can play with the same user and switch between devices whenever you want and however you want it. Raid has all the features you'd expect from a brand new RPG title like an amazing storyline, awesome 3D graphics, giant boss fights, PvP battles, and hundreds of champions to collect and customize. But I never expected to get this level of performance out of a mobile game. And in Raid, you have the ability to to personally customize and choose the artifacts and design a unique mastery build for each one of them. And the best part is, it is free to play. More than 15 million players worldwide have already downloaded the game, so go and click on the link in the description box and start playing. You won't just be enjoying one of the best mobile games of the moment, but you'll also be supporting this podcast. So what are you waiting for? Download Raid via my link, patron.me slash kindoffunnygamesraid. That is patron.me slash kindoffunnygamesraid, P-A-T-R-O-N dot me slash kindoffunnygamesraid, which you will also find below in the description and get a special package with 100,000 silver, two clan boss keys, 10 times mystery shards and the amazing champion adjudicator this package will be available only for the next 30 days out today we got as soon as i scroll up commandos 2 hd remaster for pc lumini for switch orn the tiny forest for switch mm-hmm. foxy land 2 for switch which i believe <laughs> greg is playing on uh playstation for ps i love you xoxo worlds worlds of magic Planar, 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 Planar Conquest. Conquest for Switch, Dominance for PC, Ghosts in the Barnhouse for PC, Praetorians HD Remaster for PC, Retro Tanks for PC, and Mac. New dates. This comes from Square Enix's Europe, Square Enix Europe's Twitter. We are thrilled to announce that from February 7th, you'll be able to play gorgeous first-person puzzler, the, the Turing Test, on Nintendo Switch. We also have Knights and Bikes is coming uh, to Switch on February 6th. And lastly, this is a PSA from the nanobiologist. He writes in and says, For those who pre-ordered the Final Fantasy VII Remake First Class Edition with the Bring Arts Cloud figure and bike, Square Enix has sent out emails requiring you to opt in to keeping your pre-order with the new release date. To do so, just click on the link in the email. If you do, if you do not do this by February 28th, then your order, then your pre-order will get canceled. Payment processing for orders will also begin on February 28th for this pre-order. Did you know it's a leap year? It is a leap year. It is. We ta- didn't we talk about more this? leap years this decade than ever before? Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, because we're starting yeah. off with a leap year in 2020. Uh, it's crazy, Whoa, guys. Shit's that's wild. Freaking crazy. Uh, and this is a total non sequitur here, but mm-hmm. one of the games coming out today is Worlds of Magic Planar Conquest, uh, which mm. leads me for a little impromptu Tim Getty's quiz show. Whoa. Featuring Blessing. Whoa. Jr. I've always wanted to be on a quiz one show. One question. Yes. What is the name of Donkey Kong Country 2? Oh, Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy, crap. It's one of the two. Okay, it's either it, Diddy Kong's Quest. You're incorrect. Dang it, it's Diddy, Diddy's Kong Quest. It is Diddy's it. Kong Quest. I knew it was one of the two. I, was, I, forgot, I forgot which one it was. The, yep, Diddy owns the Kong Quest. Diddy. He possesses the Kong Diddy Kong's Quest. quest. Can, you, can you pull up an image of this, Barrett, please? Just, t- just Google Donkey That's Kong. That's so confusing. Country, it really is. Yeah. It really is. Because, like, no matter what, how you think about it, you're like, both of them make, make complete sense. Yeah. Diddy's Kong. Diddy Kong's Quest. Diddy's Conquest would have been a better name. Well, this is the weirdest one, actually. Like, this one. <laughs> Wait, no, I think I got it right. No, you, no, you, said, did it? you said Diddy Kong's Quest. Oh, is that what I said? Okay, no, I got it wrong. Yeah. Okay. No, it's Diddy's, Diddy's Kong, Kong Quest. <laughs> it's a pun. Okay, no, yeah, this is a, this is the better name. Man. Deal of the day. This comes from Mario 64. Genital, genital jousting 
Man, that's a it's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Genital jousting is sixty nine percent off. Is it, <laughs> it, is, it is a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> it's sixty nine percent off <laughs> on Steam. <laughs> it's keep coming. <laughs> now it's time for reader mail. Let's see here. Aaron Mallon writes in and says, "What's up, kind of funny crew? Quick question about your gaming habits." Have you ever been afraid to replay a game, particularly one you hold in high regard, due to fear that it will taint your amazing memories with it? Yes. Recently, I've been toying with the idea of replaying Dark Souls 2, one of my favorite games of all time, but I'm worried that this may ruin the amazing memories I have with the game from playing it for the first time, since there are only my memories with the game. I know this sounds dumb, but I can't be the only one who has experienced this, right? Keep up the great work. Aaron Mallon from Rochester, New York. Animusha 3. Oh, interesting. Loved that game. I loved it so much. I loved Animusha as a franchise, but I loved that 3 was the first one that was like, fuck it, we're getting rid of tank controls. Mm-hmm. It plays a little bit more like Devil May Cry. We're adding uh, Gene Reese, whatever his name is, the, the French dude. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be fantastic, right? I had a great time with it. There was moments in that game that were so get high. You end up fighting on the Eiffel Tower. It's, it's a whole damn thing, mm-hmm. right? I don't think I can go back to that game. I worry about it. I worry. It keeps me oh, up man. at night sometimes where I'm like, was it as good as I remember? Interesting. I think for me, there's two that come to mind immediately. First being Heavy Rain or Oof. playing Heavy Rain in like 2011 or whenever the game came out. I think it was 2010 that it came out, but I played it like a year after it came out. And I remember falling in love with it and being like, this is incredible. And ever since then, I've just been hearing bad thing after bad thing about Heavy Rain to the point where I'm like, oh boy, if I go back to it now, being it being... Being more developed in the way that I, I, I think about games and more, uh, it's, it's been what, like 10 years since that game came out, right? Like, how well has that game aged? Do I pay more attention now to video game narratives than I did back then? Mm. Would I would I not like that game as much? That's a, that's a fear I have. And so there's that. And then there's Bioshock Infinite for similar reasons of like things I hear mm. about, things I hear about that game politically that like at the time while playing it, I probably wouldn't have been thinking of because I was probably like, what like 17 maybe mm. but uh i feel like now going back to it there's certain parts of that game thinking back where i'm like would i have enjoyed it, enjoyed this the same way mm. but mm. i like you know with my rose and glasses or like with me not going back to it necessarily i i love that game see a lot of my fear too. about animusha 3 is just i don't know how to pronounce his name uh, Gene Reno, Jean mm. Reno. if it's french Jean it's probably Jean. Jean Reno. i don't know man he was in godzilla in 1998 though that's what cool. I do. That's what I do know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I go back and play old video games all the time. So I say, don't be scared. If mm. it's not as like, don't be scared. If it's not to the highs of what you did to first experience it, that's okay. Like you still have that first experience. Uh, of course. And it's one of those things. Like I go back and play games just because uh, it's kind of comfort food and shit like that to to do that. But it's also fun to experience. Um, art in a different time of your life and experience like maybe the message of a game in a new light or a different perspective and stuff like that and that's why i, I do that a lot yeah. so i say don't be afraid i do i do that a lot for like older games that i associate more with my and gta childhood. 5 gta 5 isn't an old game anymore or anymore. i mean dude, it's, it's, not, it's not really an old you game. know what? gta, 5 is, GTA 5, is GTA 5 is the only game in history that you can say is not an old game anymore and it's like oh no that makes sense yeah. <laughs> i like i GTA 5 I've played consistently throughout this entire generation. Like, I've had, like, off-seasons, but Mm -hmm. I still come back to it. It still feels like a relative game, aside from the frame rate in the online, which I, for some reason, when I I was first playing that game, I didn't notice it. It was Mm -hmm. probably because it was 2013. Maybe frame rate didn't come as far (laughs) as we are now. Going back and playing GTA Online now, today, and experiencing that frame rate, I'm like, dude, how did I not notice this? Yeah, it was bad. I was looking over your shoulder the other day. I was like, oof. Yeah, man. I need to get a PS4 Pro. Yeah, you do. You do. But yeah, I mean, I'm similar. I, I go back and play. I Gameplay isn't really ever an issue for me when I go back and play games. Like, I can mm. adjust pretty well because I, I, I'm I just, I'm obsessed with the N64 in that way. Right. Where, like, I, I have the muscle memory. Like, yeah. I know how we N64 can deal with the plays. dumb bullshit can, of DK64, yeah. but still love it. Like, I know? went back and played Banjo-Kazooie for the first time in, Hell like, yeah. 2016, 2017. Mm. And I love that game. Fuck like, yeah. I enjoyed it. I feel like at full level, despite nice. it being an old game, because I feel like I can think on that level of like, oh yeah, N64, I know how this is supposed to work. The the one I did recently that uh, really bummed me out, and it was one that I probably shouldn't have gone back to, was Jack 2. 
Oh, really? My childhood, Jack 2 was the fucking shit. And then playing it, I think, two years ago, when it like first came out on uh, PSN or whatever uh, for PS4, it was like, oh, no. Oh, Dude, no. I mean, the, the number one answer no. to that is Goldeneye. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Goldeneye is yeah. like something that we all love. We've all had these fond memories of it. And you play it now, you're like, this is, it's unplayable. It's if you, if unplayable. you have not played Goldeneye in the modern era, don't. Just, just don't. Just, just don't, just, man. Just leave it in mm. your memory banks. It's, it was great for the time. But yeah, going back to that game in the last few years, it is, it's sad. I have somewhat of a hottish take, but I don't think it's too hot because this is just me referring to Spit me. Spit it out, dude. I have an easier time going back to N64 games than I do to PS2 games. I feel like there's something about N64 games, gameplay-wise, taking GoldenEye out of the equation, because that's definitely, like, yeah. one that does I not... can tell you what it is. They're, like, I think it's just they're more simple. It's, the it's that control. Nintendo designs games around its controller. Yep. I mean, that too. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's the thing, is that there's, like, a... There's always, especially with N64 and GameCube, it's, like, and we... It's like Nintendo yeah. made games around the weirdness of their controllers, and that's why GameCube games have a feel to them that PS2 games don't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, because I found myself playing Resident Evil 4 uh, about like a year or so ago for the first time, and I couldn't really get past it in a way where I went back and played like um, like Conquer, and I was like, eh, this is, this is kind of easy to, <laughs> to get into. And I think, yeah, part of it is that like, I mean, even though that was developed by Rare, but I feel like there's something about those games being designed for that control scheme. But also, I think there's something about N64 games being simpler that makes it easier to kind of, like, wrap your mind around for me. Let's see here. I think it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Let's do it. Because we don't have a squad up. I don't have a rotating segment. Yeah, let's get into you're wrong. So what do you guys have for us? Let's Some good ones today. Here. Charles Jacobson riding in saying Valiant Hearts is by Ubisoft, not EA. So we messed that one up. Good point. Um, Zabakil says, Games Radar says, a Microsoft spokesperson reached out with a clarifying statement on the possibility of exclusive games for xCloud. While the statement doesn't rule out the possibility of them coming someday, it makes it clear that no xCloud exclusive games are in the works right now. Okay. So there's so that. That's interesting. And then this one I left here because I think it's kind of cool. Uh, nanobiologist says, what is ray tracing from an explain like on five Reddit post? Today, games produce images through rasterization. The GPU works from the back of the image forward, figuring out how each object is lit and which ones are blocked so the camera can't see them. Oh. Then tries to assign a value to each pixel on the screen based on what the triangle is in that square. This is issues with lighting and shadows because any object in the camera's view isn't considered for lighting and shadows like a big fire on the side. Mm-hmm. So essentially that it's Doing the opposite of that, yeah. fixing all those things. Um, and there's one more video, Barrett, that I want to send to you. I'm sending it to Assets right now. This one is from Borzin00, sending in a Quake 2 ray tracing, showing even more examples of how insane ray tracing can make old games look. Interesting. So we're looking at a YouTube video. GeForce RTX. It's Quake 2. I'm guessing this is OG Quake 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Skip forward even even more. Classic FPS. Oh. Wait, so this is with... Oh, my God. Yeah. Whoa. That looks incredible. So yeah, They we're do it on and off a, soon. We're looking at a ray trace version of Quake 2, and uh, it looks awesome. So, yeah, like, there's the side-by-side, and look how much of a difference that makes. Crazy, man. Like, look how awesome that is. Next generation is about to be fire. If, right? If we can get stuff on this level. Let's go, dude. Man, let's, let's freaking go. go. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. Game Daily, motherfucker.